Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. On a Monday morning, it is Monday, February 19th. Great to be with you. And thanks to all the wonderful people who helped organize another very, very successful, beautiful, fun, exciting evening for World Marriage Day Dinner 2024 here in the Archdiocese of Detroit. I'll tell you what, if you're not in this area of southeastern Michigan and you're not doing an annual dinner in honor of World Marriage Day, think about it. Because it just becomes something that is so much fun to attend, and it just grows, and it really makes a difference. Our keynote speakers are Dr. Tim Hogan and his wife, Karen. Tim, of course, is a local therapist, and I mean, he's a local therapist in terms of his practice and does a lot of work with the AOD, but he also does work around the country and the world on the area of the connection between our faith and psychology and and development of the human person. does a lot on marriage as well, which is why they were the keynote speakers, and they were really, really funny. But what's so important is I was talking to uh, Tim afterwards, and he said that this is such a means of support for couples. And they kept saying throughout their presentation, which was so spot on, that what we do every year at World Marriage Day, bringing couples together just to have a great inspirational talk, break bread together, dance, just feel the support, is really countercultural in terms of what we're seeing with the attacks on marriage and Christianity in general. He said, in addition to being a post-Christian society, we're also in a post-marriage society. So if you're interested in finding out more about World Marriage Day events, this is for our archdiocese. But if maybe you're outside of the Detroit area, as I know we have a ton of people that listen online in the app that aren't in Michigan at all, check out worldmarriageday.org. And there's information on how to contact the team, and they'd be happy to share that with you. Actually, the event in the AOD started a similar event in Grand Rapids, and Deacon Dom and I were actually the inaugural speakers a couple of years ago. So it is catching on, and it's something really great to do. We had a blast, got out there and danced, and thanks to Fran and Rich and Mike and Marie and all the wonderful people organizing it. And Father Julius, who's a young dynamic priest from the Capuchin Center up in Macomb County, which is a beautiful Catholic retreat center, he was great. He gave a very short talk about the sacrificial basis of love for husband and wife it really tied in beautifully with the words and the theme for national marriage week this year love beyond words so anyway it was a great time deacon dom and i always enjoy going there and i do hope you'll think about going god willing next year worldmarriageday.org god willing 2025 a lot to talk about today we have a great lineup and before we actually give you the um the news and tell you what's going on. Uh, we do want to let you know that we are uh, covering a number of different stories here that are developing right now. So we're watching that situation in New York where that horrible, horrible, scandalous uh, service was held. And thanks be to God, the church is speaking up as we thought they would and holding a massive reparation. But even it's so bad that even the very liberal and pro-LGBTQ priest, Father James Martin, is walking back his approval of this service. He did a big, oh, isn't this wonderful, last week when he find out, found out it was happening. And then when it actually happened, and there were all these things going on with the service that were just, it, it's actually really too disgusting to say on the air, so I won't. You can look it up for yourself, and Catholic News Agency has a full report. But we are following it and uh, taking a look at that story, so we'll let you know what's going on there. So anyhow, we are going to be discussing uh, some very positive things this morning, including Joe Boggs is joining us at 8.15. He's a president of the Father Gabriel Richard Richard Guild, and they're having their annual art contest. And the submissions are due April 8th, so it's right after Easter. So that's Easter week, actually, I think, isn't it, week after Easter? Because Easter is so early this year. So Joe will join us and talk about Father Gabriel Richard and the impact he's had and continues to have on our community and beyond. Vanessa Denhagarmo in the news. We'll check in with V. Father Josh Johnson, I'm telling you, if you have not been to the Grand Hotel Getaway yet, please think about coming. This July 22nd, Father Josh, Father John Ricardo, Scott and Kimberly Hahn will be doing a live broadcast from the Grand Hotel of Catholic Connection, which is always a blast. It'll be beautiful because that time of year in that area of Michigan, northern lower Michigan, across the Straits of Mackinac, 
a beautiful Mackinac Island. Perfect weather. You're not going to find a lot of humidity. It will be very warm. It'll be comfortable. Won't be super hot. It'll be nice enough to swim in their beautiful Esther Williams pool, walk the grounds, walk the island, bike around the island. It's going to be just a great event, but also get inspired not only by the beauty, but by the words of great priests like Father Josh Johnson, who will be joining us at 915, and of course our very own Father John Ricardo. And then wrapping up with Chris Faddis, the president of Solidarity Health Share. We're hearing so much about gender dysphoria and the rises among young people, yet we are also hearing at the same time that science is revealing that the less extreme so-called gender-affirming therapies are only harming adolescents. Recent findings from a study done by the American College of Pediatricians reveals that the left's gender-affirming therapies have not been shown to benefit adolescents with gender dysphoria. Rather, they have immature brains and later on can often regret gender-specific decisions that carry lifelong implications such as puberty blockers and bodily surgeries. Now, Solidarity HealthShare and Chris will talk about this, and he talked about it actually at, at a conference, noting there's a major crisis in which young people are struggling with condition that are given scientifically wrong treatment plans. And what impact is this having on health care? We will discuss with Chris when he joins us a little bit later on the program. And then Gail Buckley-Berenger joining us to start us off on a Monday with our Bible verse of the week. As far as the forecast for Michigan, right now it is very sunny, full sunshine, going up to 41, but cold right now, 25 degrees, 50 tomorrow, so much different, and we'll have almost, well, yeah, in the 50s and sunshine, 55 on Wednesday, partly sunny, 52 and some light snow, but that will melt to get some rain as well, some clouds on Friday, 46 and sunny, and then pretty comfortable for the rest of the week as well, Saturday, 32 and sunny. 53 on Sunday and sunny, Monday 52 and partly sunny, and Tuesday making our way toward the end of February, 55 on Tuesday with some rain in the forecast and then more of the same rain in the forecast on Wednesday, 57 degrees. Across the country, keeping an eye out on California, National Weather Service says heavy rain may cause flooding along the central California coast. Of course, they're going to have severe conditions there. Again, they're posing a threat to thunderstorms for hail, damaging wind gusts, and isolated tornadoes across portions of the Sacramento Valley. And a feet of snow may fall over the Sierra Nevada area as well. A warning trend is expected across the Great Plains and the Mississippi Valley. So keep that in mind if you're traveling to the West Coast. They are going to get hit unfortunately, with some more bad weather. We'll keep you posted. Right now, it's 8.07. Let's get started with all the news on a Monday morning in the second week of Lent, February 19th, 2024. Well, as I said, we're following this story for you. Catholic News Agency reporting the pastor of St. Pat's Cathedral in New York City said the church has offered a mass of reparation after a scandalous, irreverent funeral service was held there this week for a well-known transgender advocate. The Manhattan Cathedral hosting on February 15th the funeral service for a man who called himself Cecilia Gentili, an activist who helped to decriminalize sex work in New York and lobbied for gender identity to be added as a protected class to the state's human rights laws and was a major fundraiser for transgender causes. Gentile was a man who identified as a woman. Over the weekend, Father Enrique Salvo, the pastor of St. Pat, saying in a very strong statement on the website of the Archdiocese of New York that church officials shared in the outrage over the scandalous behavior. He said the cathedral only knew that family and friends were requesting a funeral for a Catholic and had no idea that their welcome and prayer would be degraded in such a sacrilegious and deceptive way. The priest went on to state that such a scandal occurred at America's parish church makes it worse, that it took place as Lent was beginning and the annual 40-day struggle with the forces of sin and darkness is a reminder, he says, of how much we need the prayer, reparation, repentance, grace, and mercy to which this holy season invites us. An Indiana Catholic husband and wife are petitioning the Supreme Court to hear their case after the state government removed their child from their home after being identified as transgender. Mary and Jeremy Cox, according to the Catholic News Agency, refusing to accept their son's self-declared female identity some five years ago, instead seeking therapy to address what they saw as underlying mental health conditions. The government back in 2021 in Indiana then began investigating the family 
after learning they refused to address their son by his chosen identity. The government subsequently removed their son from the home, placing him in another home that affirmed his transgender beliefs. The state government then dropped the abuse allegations against the couple, though it still argued disagreement over gender identity was distressing the child and contributing to an ongoing eating disorder. And court decisions upheld the decision to keep the child out of the family's custody. But last week, the Beckett Fund for Religious Liberty announced that Mary and Jeremy Cox had filed a petition with the Supreme Court asking the high court to hold the state accountable for keeping their child out of their home. And it is a significant setback for this Not Away project in Germany. Catholic News Agency reporting the German bishops will not be voting on a step toward a forbidden council at their upcoming assembly at the Vatican's request. German Bishops Conference spokesperson Matthias Kopp confirming over the weekend that the bishops have removed a vote on endorsing a committee that is preparing the Synodal Council, a mixed body of laity and bishops that would govern the church in Germany, and that according to their agenda of their February 19th to 22nd meeting. The development comes after they received a letter from the Vatican on the very same day. Joel Osteen's Houston Megachurch hold Sunday services, holding Sunday services yesterday, a week after a woman opened fire in the sanctuary with a rifle. As a church, we could shrink back. Man, it's dangerous. Let's hide our light. Let's just go under the radar. But well, this is a time to shine brighter than ever. Genesee Moreno was shot and killed by off-duty law enforcement officers last weekend at Lakewood Church. Her seven-year-old son was also shot, but it's not clear by whom he remains in critical condition. It was billed as a special service of healing yesterday, Osteen telling the cheering congregation, God has us covered. Two Minnesota police officers and a paramedic were shot and killed while responding to a domestic abuse call early yesterday. Burnsville Police Chief Tanya Schwartz expresses her sorrow for the incident. Every day we pray that they go home to their families. And today that's not happening. We are all hurting. Law enforcement sources say the suspected gunman died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Police say the suspect had several guns and opened fire from multiple points in the home about 15 miles south of Minneapolis. There were seven children inside the house at the time, all reported safe. Most Americans say they're unhappy with how the current administration is handling the influx of migrants. That's according to new information from the Pew Research Center, which surveyed over 5,000 people and found less than 20 percent, only 18 percent of them, said the U.S. is doing a very good job or somewhat good job of dealing with the influx of migrants at the southern border. The information also revealing that 57 percent, of course, of respondents said the current situation at the border was leading to an influx in crime in the country. Neighbors in Queens, New York, are protesting a proposed shelter for homeless men that will be located in Rago Park. Folks are worried that the shelter will lead to a potential increase in crime and businesses in the neighboring sh- neighborhood shutting down. People are angry. There's a park literally right down the street. There are schools around here. People are afraid of what's going to happen when the shelter opens up. Officials are talking about making a local hotel a homeless shelter for around 100 single men starting in March. It's unclear whether the men housed at the shelter would be from the city's homeless population or migrants. Senator Lindsey Graham says he's very optimistic about a House proposed proposal related to the southern border and aid to Ukraine and says Israel can be passed by Congress. Go back to remain in Mexico as a border security policy. You're not released in the United States. And secondly, uh, to reinstitute Title 42. Speaking on CBS's Face the Nation yesterday, the South Carolina Republican was referring to a proposal from the Bipartisan Problem Solvers Caucus, co-chaired by Pennsylvania Republican Congressman Brian Fitzpatrick and the Jersey Democratic Congressman Josh Gottheimer. Graham says the aid package should be reduced to a $60 billion, which Graham suggested should be a loan. Graham saying he believes that would get through the House and pick up enough votes over in the Senate. Former President Donald Trump back on the campaign trail. This weekend he spoke at a get-out-the-vote rally in Michigan where he called America a nation in decline. Republicans must win. If you want to save America, then you must vote. You must go and vote. Remember, the primary is Tuesday, February 27th. We need you to get out and vote to set the stage for November. 
The rally coming just one day after he was ordered to pay over $350 million in penalties in his New York civil fraud trial. He called Friday's court verdict a very sad day for the country and also called New York's attorney general corrupt, telling his supporters to vote in the state primary again, as he mentioned, and said if he's reelected, he will implement one day voting with paper ballots and voter ID across the country. American forces dealing with Iranian-backed Houthi rebels, as Michael Kastner tells us in the Red Sea, say they struck an underwater drone for the first time. U.S. Central Command says the undersea drone was struck on Saturday during a series of self-defense strikes in waters near Yemen. CENTCOM said they determined the targets presented an imminent threat to U.S. Navy ships and merchant vessels in the region. Houthis have been attacking ships in the Red Sea in protest against the Israel-Hamas war and claim to be going after ships with links to Israel. Nearly all of California under a flood watch, as we mentioned in the weather report just a few minutes ago, as another atmospheric river rolls in off the coast. Here's meteorologist Michelle Grossman with more details. We have millions under alerts this morning, 15 million under wind alerts, 35 under flood alerts, 1 million under winter alerts. So the winter is not done in the West. The state is still saturated, by the way, from the last powerful storm system that swept off the Pacific, which dumped record amounts of rain in the area. The Weather Prediction Center has issued an excessive rain outlook for most of California through tomorrow. In Los Angeles, the National Weather Service posting an alert saying a flood watch is in effect across the region through Wednesday morning and warned of heavy rain, strong winds, rock slides on canyon roads, and debris flows in areas impacted by wildfires. A proposed bill would make it illegal to hold your phones while driving in the state of Colorado. Pete Piccolo with Bicycle Colorado says advocates have been pushing for something like this, and it's even more important to them this year frustration and sadness with the rise in traffic fatalities of particularly pedestrians, bicyclists, and people on motorcycles, and the fact that distracted driving is a big contributing factor. Bill making its way to the state legislature sponsored by Democratic State Senators Rhonda Fields and Chris Hansen. Under the proposed law, a hands-free device such as Bluetooth would be required to take calls while driving. Several similar bills have failed, though, over the past 15 years. Out in Washington State, Brad Ford tells us a cougar attacked a cyclist near Fall City, Washington, over the weekend. Five cyclists were riding a trail when a cougar attacked a 60-year-old woman. The other cyclists grabbed the cougar and pulled the woman free. They used a mountain bike to hold the cougar down until Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife officers arrived and killed the cougar. The woman was treated at a hospital for injuries to her face, neck, and jaw. She was released from the hospital. Fish and Wildlife officials say there's no question the woman's friends saved her life. And find in our news segment at 817 on a sunny Monday morning in Metro Detroit, about 24, 25 degrees, mostly sunny, a few clouds here and there. It is going to be a nice day, sunny and 41. We will see close to 60 degrees uh, for much of the week, which is great as we're wrapping up almost the month of February this week and next week, and pretty comfortable for late to the end of February. Uh, nationwide watching that big storm as you just heard in California but the Daytona 500 had some weather issues postponed over the weekend NASCAR making the official call yesterday with rain in the forecast all day the Great American Race will instead be run at Daytona International Speedway at four o'clock eastern and that will happen today it is a Monday we are so glad you're joining us here on Catholic Connection a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN coming up we are going to take a look at a beautiful contest that takes place every year related to Father Gabriel Richard, and it's a big name here in the Motor City. Joe Boggs, the president of the Father Gabriel Richard Guild, will explain a beautiful opportunity to let young people express their faith and all the difference that Father Gabriel Richard made. We have coming up the submissions that are due by April 8th, and we'll have some more information, of course, on Father Gabriel Richard. We'll be right back. At Glass Doctor, our trained specialists are experts at fixing foggy and cracked glass, leaving any residential window looking like new without replacing the entire window. Bring back the view of any window with Glass Doctor. Visit glassdoctor.com to request a free estimate on repairing your foggy or cracked windows. Let Glass Doctor bring back your view. Call the Glass Doctor, we'll fix your pain. Oh, yeah! 
Welcome to an advanced dentistry center family. This is Dr. Metti and our team strives to treat you like family in a loving and compassionate way as we focus on serving you in a Christ-like manner. We do this by emphasizing prevention and general well-being for a lifetime. Our private practice is small, personal, state-of-the-art, and innovative with the goal to educate and motivate our patients in improving their oral health. It is through a partnership with you that you will achieve the goals for your smile. Advanced Dentistry is serious about the level of care we provide with attention to details and an exceptional level of care, skill, and judgment. We are thrilled for the opportunity to serve you. Dr. Matthew and the team invite you to visit them at AdvancedDentistryCenter.com or call them at 248-594-9592. That's 248-594-9592. AdvancedDentistryCenter.com. Ciao, my name is Antonio Ruggiero, and if you're in the mood for some real authentic Italian food, Antonio's is the place. We make everything in-house the old-fashioned way, fatta in casa. We make our own soups, sauces, pastas, and of course, our famous baked bread. Come on in and try one of our signature dishes that my mom created, like gnocchi rita, that I know you can't find anywhere else because there's only one mama rita, and she's at Antonio's. So come break bread with us. Antonio's Cucina Italiana. Eight twenty-one. Welcome back. Sunshine, blue skies, and it's in the twenties right now in the Motor City. We'll be warmed up by a beautiful story of the great work of Father Gabriel Richard. Big connection to Detroit. Joe Boggs knows all about that. He is the El Presidente of the Father Gabriel Richard Guild, and they are holding their second annual Father Gabriel Richard Art Contest, which is underway. And you need to submit your piece of artwork by April eighth. Hey, Joe. Good morning. Happy Lent. Oh, blessed to be talking with you, Teresa. I'm glad to be here. All right, so let's start first of all uh, about let's give people some background on Father Gabriel Richard, the connection with uh, St. Anne's in Detroit. He's well known, of course, for obviously high schools being named after him, and thinking about the beautiful high school in Ann Arbor, Michigan, that's very close to us at Ave Maria Radio. But so many people know of his work, and then others don't. How did you get interested in the life and the ministry of Father Gabriel Richard? Well, I've always been kind of a historian of sorts growing up, and when I was doing research on the War of 1812, I discovered he was actually imprisoned during that war because he was such a patriot for the United States' cause. So that's when I started to really look into his life, and he really was, uh, I always kind of describe him as a force gump of sorts. He was involved in almost everything you could ever think of uh, during that time period of, of early Detroit. Now, in terms of the connection with St. Anne's and other uh, areas of Detroit, tell us about that, because he did so much good in this area. Yes, uh, it's, it's kind of it's an inexhaustible list. Uh, he was the one who coined the motto, we hope for better things, it will rise from the ashes. And that mm. comes from really the fire that uh, devastated Detroit in 1805. So at that moment, he was actually hoping to leave back to his native France, where he was born. He left because of the French Revolution, and he was hoping to return back to his native homeland. But uh, just as he was delivering a mission, I believe it was for Corpus Christi uh, in 1805, that the fire really devastated the city, burned it down in three hours, and he decided to stay. And he coined that term, we hope for better things, it will rise from the ashes. And then later in his life, actually at the very end of his life, the cholera epidemic uh, decimated the city once more. Uh, that was in 1832, and uh, a lot of the a lot of the contemporaries of that day mentioned how Father Richard was could be seen, you know, running through the streets administering the sacraments of confession and and, and the Eucharist, and ultimately he dies because of that as well. Mm-hmm. So, what's the connection at St. Anne's? I, I know you've said it before, but for those who aren't familiar with it. Well, he was the pastor of St. Anne's. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the pastor of St. Anne's from 1798 to 1832, so almost four decades. And his remains still are buried there in the side chapel. So yep. you can go there and, and venerate his remains and pray with him uh, for his intercession. 
And before we talk about the contest, which I know is the main reason, but his story is so fascinating and, and what he did for Detroit and how many people just, just love him, uh, let's talk a little bit about um, in terms of what he means to so many people and his, his cause for sainthood. Is there a possibility that he could someday be a saint? Has the cause been opened? Yes, yeah, so we're at the very beginning phases of that of that uh, canonization process. It's a very lengthy process. I'm, I'm reminded of Joan of Arc's canonization. So she died way back, I believe, in the 1400s, and she wasn't canonized until 1920. <laughs> so wow. it's a it's a lengthy process for some saints, and we believe that you know Father Gabriel Bouchard died in 1832, uh, but we believe there's there's enough cause there, especially considering the fact that he died administering the sacraments, and people, uh, his contemporaries, believed he was truly a saint. You, you, you hear this in a lot of people speaking about uh, at his funeral, that he was a saintly man. He had all these virtues. And they obviously buried him underneath uh, the original altar of St. Anne's for a reason, because they thought he was a saint. And unfortunately, his memory has passed away uh, in regards to people remembering about him. But the same is true of Joan of Arc. Joan of Arc's memory had kind of faded away over the centuries, but was kind of um, brought back after the French Revolution. So we think right now is a fitting time for Father Gabriel Bouchard to be brought back to the consciousness, especially after we've come out of the COVID pandemic, because right. Father Bouchard was obviously a servant uh, of people during pandemics. And so this art contest is really a great way to remind people of, of who he is and what he did uh, for, for the Detroit area and beyond. So tell us about the second annual Father Gabriel Richard Art Contest, which is underway right now, Joe. Yeah, last year's art contest was a huge success. We had 235 participants from 23 different schools throughout the Archdiocese in southeast Michigan, and we're hoping maybe we might get 400, 500 kids this year. But uh, this year uh, it's going to be kind of the same concept. It's a 2D art piece. You can do it in, uh, do a painting. You can do even a crayon drawing. You can do any kind of art rendition, as long as it's on a 2D surface. And, um, yeah, we really encourage our participants this year to think about drawing or depicting Father Gabriel Bouchard as a man of action. Last year we had a lot of great portraits of Father Gabriel Bouchard mm-hmm. representing the various things he was involved in. But this year we want to emphasize, depict Father Bouchard as a man of action, doing something that he was known for, whether that was teaching whether that was administering the sacraments during this uh, pandemic that we're talking about, maybe being in prison. He's in prison twice uh, due to um, the War of 1812, but also a really interesting legal case with Francois Labadee, who he, was, who he, he uh, excommunicated because of an irregular marriage that he shouldn't have been involved in. <laughs> wow, wow. So this must be, I would think, that when the young people are deciding or when people are deciding to take part in this art contest, it really is, I think, a, um, a faith education for them, too, as well, right? Because they're probably doing their own research on Father Gabriel Richard. Yes, uh, that is certainly true. And the art depictions from last year demonstrate that. Our winner in the high school di- division, uh, Maddie Demura from Marine City, uh, did a, a beautiful watercolor painting. And you could tell the research that went into her. Oh, yeah. It's really cool. Printing. I'm looking at it, actually, from the Detroit Catholic article. It's excellent. Yes, yeah. yes, and, and it's, it's just a beautiful image in how Father Richard often talked about the future of Detroit, the future of Michigan, and Madeline depicted that beautifully, and you can see in his glasses the skyline of Detroit in the future. Yeah. And there's no doubt that Father Richard had those hopes of Detroit becoming this really important city, and it really is today. So are there age limits in terms of is this uh, for middle school and elementary, or is high school included as well? All age divisions. So we have three divisions. There's the elementary from kindergarten to fourth. Then there's the middle school division, fifth through eighth. And the high school division is nine through twelve. And those winners of those those three age divisions get one thousand dollars for uh, for themselves, and then one thousand dollars for their schools, courtesy uh-huh. of Concord Financial. It must be hard, though, because they're putting their hearts and souls into these images. Don't you want to choose them all <laughs> at some level? <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Last year when we were judging the high school division, there was so many great art pieces. There was about 10 of them, and it was really difficult to dwindle it down. But, uh, yeah, there there are so many great submissions. And one thing that we do at the end of this in September, so we, we announced the winners in May, mm-hmm. but in September we have an exhibit for Father Richard, and we we show some of the best oh, renditions. Oh, cool. 
Yeah. So there's about 50 art art pieces that we show at that time, and we honor those other students who maybe didn't win the grand prize or honorable mentions. So how's it going so far? How many are, are you getting right now? So I, I believe we've, we've received over a dozen. <laughs> That's one thing about art contests is that these students really take their time with it, and we, we get a rush of them in during the last month. So we're right now at the month and a half mark. I'm guessing this month that we're going to get a flood of art pieces. Okay. And the submissions are due April 8th, correct? April 8th, yes. All right. So where do they go for more information on how to make sure they're applying and, and sending in their artwork correctly and following the rules and all that good stuff? So I would recommend going to the Facebook page of the uh, Father Gabriel Shard Guild. There are the art contest uh, rules there as well. And then also, as you mentioned, the Detroit Catholic article that we just recently released that has the rules there too. And do you have a, an overall website that they could go to, Joe, too, or, or just the Facebook page? The Facebook page is probably the best place, but also St. Anne's website should have the rules there as well. You go to the Father Gabriel Shard uh, a tab there, and you should be able to find the rules there, too. Yeah. Well, this is exciting. So now make sure you keep in touch with us, and, and when you get everything wrapped up, uh, let us know who the winner is. And then also we would love to hear more about the art display the art gallery, the kind of mini art gallery that you put together with all the, a lot of the submissions are coming up later this year, because I think that is really, really a very positive thing, especially to see how gifted these students are in their artwork. I mean, this, this student from uh, Cardinal Mooney High School in Marine City, really gifted artist. I mean, the details she put in this portrait. Yeah, she's just a freshman, too. So yeah. <laughs> she might win it again this year, but we, there was certainly a, a great competition in the high school division. Yeah, that exhibit was well attended. I think we had over 100 people show up for that exhibit. Good. Great. Well, Joe, thank you. This is a very uplifting story. It's educational for the students who are taking part. It's educational for us, too, to learn more about the great cloud of witnesses, including the amazing Father Gabriel Richard and the Father Gabriel Richard Guild, reminding us of the impact he's had and continues to have in our area and beyond. Thanks, Joe. Great to speak with you. God bless, Teresa. And check out the article on this, as Joe mentioned, the Detroit Catholic, which was posted on February 2nd. If you just put in, go to the website, DetroitCatholic.com, and put in Father Gabriel Richard, you'll see uh, one of the winners and her portrait of Father Gabriel Richard. It is really, really well done. I mean, I'm not an art expert, but boy, I can tell right away that this young person is very talented and put a lot of thought and effort into this beautiful image of Father Gabriel Richard. When we come back, we have our very own Vanessa Denhagarmo, host of Epiphany, Monday through Friday at noon, right here on Ave Maria Radio. I do want to remind you, if you're looking for something really neat to do during Lent tonight, please join us at St. Joan of Arc Parish, February 19th. The doors open at 6.30 for seating at his feet, a magic carpet theater drama ministry. It's an interactive experience of soaking in scripture through dramatic scenes, music, and reflection. And it's about women in scripture, by the way. You will see three powerful encounters with Christ, the woman at the well, Martha and Mary, and the woman with the hemorrhage. And you'll have time for reflection, and it's just going to be very, very wonderful. It starts at 7 o'clock tonight at St. Joan, but they're telling you to get there early. Seating is at 6.30. So please, St. Joan of Arc is on Greater Mac in St. Clair Shores. And Deacon Dom and I are planning on going, God willing, and looking forward to this. Catherine was on our show on Catholic Connection on Friday. Again, 7 o'clock at St. Joan of Arc. Doors open at 6.30. A beautiful presentation. Women in Scripture. Women meeting Jesus. What were they like after the encounter with Jesus? That's what they explore, as Catherine said on Friday, in these beautiful presentations. At his feet, coming up tonight at St. Joan. We'll be right back in the news with V&T on a Monday. Welcome back, Catholic Connection, and we have our In the News segment that we do with Vanessa Denhagarmo and yours truly, T, so it's uh, In the News with V and T, and I think I'm on Epiphany later this week, right? On you Thursday? are, T, but don't yeah. ask me what day. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is this is who we are. I mean, we yeah. just go day to day because we like to be on top of stuff and be fresh, and can you move to Tuesday? Can you I move just, to Wednesday? I, yeah, Whatever. I just, like, you know how it is in radio. You just kind of, who are my guests today? Right, who are right. Talking? We're all good, though, because there's... We we have way more to talk about than we can ever get to. It's you crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It all right, so first of all, you and I have been going back and forth on this story, which is quite frightening. 
regarding Soros moving in, there is a radio network, a secular radio network that is losing money hand over fist. And so here comes Soros to sweep in and pick up this chain of radio stations, I think over 200. And he's Including going to, in Detroit. Yep, and he's going to be Detroit taking station. over. He's expanding his empire. So let me uh, just take a look at this story. Why don't you go ahead, V, and share it, and then we so can talk this about is, it. So this is the story that T, it's in the New York Post right now, and other people are commenting on it. But George Soros, who T and I have been talking about for a long time, is poised to take a massive stake in the nation's second largest radio company, which owns 220 stations nationwide, according to court filings and sources close to the situation. The left-leaning billionaire, far-left-leaning billionaire, Soros Fund Management, has bought up to $400 million of debt in Odyssey. So that's the number two U.S. radio broadcaster behind iHeartRadio with stations including New York's WFAN, 1010 WINS, and they're in L.A., and, of course, right here in Michigan. Wow. So we've got radio stations like WWJ. This is all owned by Odyssey. So, you know, we've been talking about Soros T for a long time, you and I, about his influence in the narrative. He, he not only controls media outlets, and this has been a strategy of his, because he knows – you know, you look at history, you control the narrative, you control the media, you control the thought of people. That is on the track of communism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To, to silence your voice, especially conservatives. They don't want you to talk, talk to anybody who comes from a communist country. They'll tell you you can't even talk about God. You know what I mean? And, and this, is, this is the path to that, T. Well, years ago, I did a pilgrimage <coughs> with uh, Immaculate Ilbegiza, of mm-hmm. course, the beautiful Catholic sister and Lord who wrote the book Left to Tell. Yeah. And we were uh, on that trip, I think it was a year after my first book, Noise, came out, V. So it was like 2008, 2009, and I gave her a copy of it. And she and I had a lot of long talks. She's amazing. But she said, you have to let people know that the media have such an influence. Because if you look at what happened in Rwanda, yeah. prior to that mass genocide and all the killings, the radio hosts were all over constantly pounding and telling people to kill, you know, her tribe, the Tutsis. I mean, it were, or was she the hit? So I can't remember. But they used to say, kill the tall trees. And to so they had all, the these, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all these, these signaling and these messages. And, and that really was a big part. And it wasn't the only reason. But she said that had a huge influence on people. Now, that is obviously uh, to the great extreme of, of promoting uh, out-and-out murder and violence. But what are we talking about in terms of what's happening with, with our culture and with the media and how the media, and we're going to get into this next from a really good piece that I sent you from uh, conservative writer John Stossel about what the media are doing and how they're portraying people not only here in this country but around the world. Yeah, absolutely. And this is, this is, uh, this is why people are in so many ways not knowing what's really going on in the world because they're taking the information from these particular sources and they're not doing their digging and due diligence. And when you have somebody like Soros controlling the narrative, even before he was you know, attempting to buy the stations, we know that it was public knowledge. Him and Gates were funding millions of dollars to pay for salaries of reporters across America. They said they each were putting in $20 million a year into media, funding media. Not to and mention now, ads, political ads. Yeah, political campaigns. ads. And yeah. so that, that's my point. Going back to your book, Noise, when you talk about being empowered and what you can do, you could not support these radio stations, and you can also not support the advertisers who support these radio right. stations. I mean, you have power over what's going on here. And we have to do our due diligence because the more narratives, the more he controls in the media, the more he controls the narrative and what mer- uh, people think and know. Now, we know a lot of these stations are tanking. Right. right. And you then and I were talking about one big one locally that, that I cannot believe it because you and I have a background yeah, there. I was yeah, We're not going to give there. a name there. Yeah, let's not And, you, and you work there, but it's like it was the epitome of broadcasting, yeah. and especially yeah. local broadcasting, local programming, broadcast yeah. news. Everybody wanted to intern there. I interned there in college. It was my first internship when I was in J school. And they're they're losing money hand over fist. I mean, this is oh. across the board in the media. It's not, they're not the only ones. It's all only across. Ones. I mean, yeah. radio stations. In fact, I was just talking to a colleague of mine, a longtime reporter, award-winning reporter. Uh, he said radio has been on the trajectory downward for a long time because they're competing with podcasts. Right. And now you have somebody who's known, like who's to be far left-leaning, owning the second-largest radio conglomerate in the country. Now you know what that narrative is going to all be. Right. People are going to. 
you know where the, where the information is going to be given us. But they're also tanking tea. We saw CNN's ratings going down. Right. They're right. and we kept talking about how are they staying afloat? Right. You know what I mean? When you're you're constantly bleeding in the red. So right. You know, so this is this is just something we have to be cognizant of and think about what you wrote in your book, Noise. What can we do? Don't feel hopeless because right away people are like, oh, my gosh, we're doomed. No, you right. got to no, pray. We're right. We're not doomed. And this is why we have Catholic like radio. radio. Right, right. Okay? This is why T does, you know, her news segments on her show in the morning. This is why we do In the News. This is why El Cresta does the news in his programming because we want to keep you up to date. What's going on in the world? Looking at it from the lens of the Catholic. And we don't we don't hide behind who we are. We no. are a Catholic radio station. And right. we're going to look at these issues from the lens of a Catholic. And we want you to have that perspective as well because we want you to know what does this mean to us and our faith and living our faith. And, and this is a, just another example of our freedoms slowly being threatened in this country when you have somebody like George Soros who comes in who by the way I believe is not even an American citizen coming into our country and buying up our radio stations to control our narrative right and so if you think about it 220 radio stations this network owns that he's basically investing in we have on the NEW10 we have over 400 so we're almost double what this network is but at the same time we don't have a George Soros pumping in several hundred million dollars. We rely on our listeners, and we do that for very good reason because they don't want to be controlled by advertisers. We have some underwriters, but they all have to, to go through a huge vetting process. And so it's not easy for us to raise the funds. But what are you going to support? And V, your point, and I mentioned this in my book, Noise, your point of, and this is for business owners out there, where and with whom are you advertising? Are you advertising yeah. on these stations that are promoting things that are directly against your faith as business leaders? What are you doing? Or are you, and look, you can decide to advertise with us or not. I'm, not, I'm just saying, you have to look at this. If you're serious about your faith, where are you putting your money? And I purposely, I listen to our radio station diligently, T, and I pick up on advertisers because I will support them, mm-hmm. if, whether it be a restaurant, Colasantes, uh, Cantoros. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, I purposely uh, support, you know, uh, like our dear friend Adora and Princess yep. Restaurants and her real estate. Those people who support us, I go out of my way to support. And I have to tell you, Ronnie is advertised on Ave, and he said the same thing. People call him saying, I'm supporting you because you support Catholic Radio. Right. right. And he's had customers tell him that. And he, we're actually starting a new campaign with Ave. i got to follow up with Sean, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, if you you're listening, call Sean. me. Call Call yeah. Ronnie, Sean, call right. But, yeah, because, you know, the, you know and, and I've had my cousin uh, Cliff Denha, who, who's been advertising right before uh, Father John Ricardo's um, segment every day here at 11 o'clock Eastern Time. He says people call in and said, you know, I'm coming in here because you're supporting Father John and Ave Maria Radio. Right. I mean, and, and that's what we have to do. We have to empower ourselves to the, to, to the, to the paces we, we frequent who support Catholic radio. Right. Well, John Filone from the wonderful Filone family of Cantoros, which is like, you know, to me, Italian Disneyland here in yeah, Eastern Michigan. I, I was love just that talking place. about Cantoros, T, on my vacation last week. Yeah. Everybody was like, have you been to Cantoros? I'm like, uh, who hasn't? Yeah. I have to go back and get more of my uh, yeah. unfiltered olive oil, which yeah. Mario Filone gave me at Christmas time. I'm almost all through. But anyway, we were talking last year, and, you know, they, we've got some new spots running on Catholic Connection for Cantoros, and he says, why am I going to spend my money with somebody else? He said, I don't want to do that. He says, I want to contribute to a radio station that's supporting yeah. my faith. And, yeah. you know, and they could go anywhere. I mean, they're, they're, they're very successful, extremely yeah. successful, because they have great food and great products, and they're, and they're authentically Italian. But they are also, more importantly, their faith comes first. Yeah. And, and they're big. They've always been big supporters of us, but yeah. they just, you know, up their game and are doing more commercials on, on Catholic Connection. So this is a way you, you don't feel helpless. And the other thing, too, V, is we have to support in, in terms of media. I know you, you probably haven't seen it yet, but I was just talking about this on the Sunrise Morning Show, my Monday segments I do with Anna Mitchell and mm-hmm. Matt Swain. I was able to watch and to screen the movie Cabrini. That's coming oh, out in March 8th. Okay. Now, you talk about getting behind something that is life-changing. This movie is so well done. It's in the same terms of high production value as The Sound of Freedom, right? The great acting oh, with Jim Caviezel. Go yeah. it. it is so good. It starts March 8th on International okay. Women's Day. John Lithgow is the mayor. So they've got some pretty, pretty big, yeah, they've got some pretty big, uh, David Morris is the Archbishop of New York, pretty big actors in there. It is so well done, but the story, her story, 
is so inspiring. And these are the kind of things we need to get behind and support because they are life-changing. I didn't know this, V. Did you know that her story, St. Francis Cabrini's story of how she basically defied the odds and pushed back against a culture that was anti-woman, anti-immigrant, anti-Italian, anti-everything here in the United States of America... She made such a difference. She built an empire, which she called the Empire of Hope, all over the world. And it's such a great thing to get behind and to get that message out there that we can make a difference. And listen to this. Mother Teresa of Calcutta was inspired to start the Missionary of Charities of after her? learning about Francis Cabrini. No way. Yes. Wow. What role model? What a role model for our young girls today, right. young women today, uh, to look up to because they definitely don't get it in the secular world today. Gee, I can't wait to see that movie. It's so good. I was good. just talking to my sister about wanting to take my mom to see it. So, yeah, that's awesome. I can't wait. And, and T, going back to your point of supporting our radio station, let me give an example. I mentioned my cousin Cliff who has the Wine Palace who advertises. He used to advertising on another secular radio station for a lot more money. And he said he didn't get a tenth of the customers that he has gotten from Catholic Radio. Wow. That is such good news. Yeah. I mean, because I think that a lot of people are listening to us who may not even be Catholic or maybe not even active in their faith. They just can't stand all the ugliness and all the negativity and all the things that the uh, the secular culture is supporting. So I think it's a great way to let people listen. It's easier for them if they have kids in the car in the morning to listen to us because it's it's upbeat. I mean, we do talk about some important stories and things going on, but yeah. we're always respectful and we don't get into the, the gory details, so to speak, but we want people no. to be aware of what's going on. And in the, in the, what we're talking about prompts good conversations with your children. I mean, this could prompt some learning lessons, some great conversations. Because I have them with Elena all the time. When these stories pop up, you could, this can prompt a really good conversation with your kids. You know, these are yeah. learning opportunities. Uh, and talk about, you know, a, a, of course, at the level of where they're at and their age. But they do prompt those conversations, which is really important. We have to have these with our children. Um, yeah. And it's, Cabrini could be a great field trip tea for kids. Well, it was interesting because I, I had an, an hour conversation, a Zoom call with the executive producer that John, John Hale was good friends with him. And he connected me. And so I'm actually going to be seeing the film again this weekend in, in Philadelphia. But. It, what was so cool is that I sat down with them and he talked about the devotion he had to Cabrini. And then after they showed the film in some limited locations just recently, they had some clips of these young girls talking about how they were inspired and how Cabrini, St. Francis Cabrini, who died in the in the early 1900s, right? She was only 67 years old, that she was more of an inspiration to them in terms of what the world is offering than a lot of the things out there, wow. whether it be, you know, Beyonce or Lady Gaga or whomever yeah. they put up as, as idols and, you know, to model your life after or some actress yeah. or something, because she made a huge difference. And I was telling Matt Swain this morning, you'll love this, at the end of the film, and she was feisty. She was one feisty Italian sister, let me tell you. <laughs> she was going back and forth with the mayor, and the mayor didn't want uh, the Italians uh, anymore in the city, or they were really pushing against a lot uh-huh. of immigrants, as a matter of fact. And he finally, you know, says, okay, I guess i got to work with you because you like this force of nature. And the, the closing and the end of the movie, toward the end, I'm not giving anything away because it's, it's, you can see this in the, in, in the uh, promos and whatnot. But he says to her, you would have made a great man. And she goes, I saw that. I know. No, no, no. Men could never do what women do. And I thought, that is such a <laughs> statement for feminine genius. I love right? it. It wasn't I an insult. It. it was like, no, you're different. We're different. Yeah. And we have certain charisms. Yeah. I love that. I yeah. saw that. That is part of the teaser, the, the preview yeah. of the movie. Right. That's excellent. You know, and Tina, I was just thinking as you're talking, uh, and I mean it about field trips, uh, teachers that are listening, principals from especially high school, this should be a field trip and maybe write a paper on it, an extra credit. Uh, you know, they give extra credit all the time. Maybe encourage the, the students at your high school to go watch the movie and write it, an extra credit essay about this. Yeah. I, I think yeah. it's a great learning lesson and a great conversation piece. And you can pick up on the, the male-female complementarity issue as well and bring in the feminine genius of John Paul II. There's so many yes. lessons from this film. And I was in tears because I was watching these clips before I saw the movie. They shared <clears> with me like seven or eight clips of the film. And the clip of her coming over on the boat, because I have the manifest from when my grandparents came over and Dom has the same thing for his grandparents and they came over from Italy. Mm-hmm. And the stories that I grew up with and hearing them. My grandfather, my mother's father was 15 years old when he came over by himself. Wow. Into Ellis Isle. 
Yeah. It, it just, you know, well, the sacrifices these wow. people Kelly made. Kelly have the stories. Yeah. Yeah, Kelly's the same. I mean, all yeah. the immigrants, right? We have a Polish yeah. immigrants, Irish. And she yeah. talks about that in the movie, her character. Well, she yeah. goes before the New York City Council and she says, aren't you tired of being called all these names? You know, I'm called this, I'm called that, you're called this. Let's rally together and help each other. So she's just, just incredible. And this is the kind of thing. Our main discussion today on in the news, this is the kind of thing we have to get behind. We have to get behind Cabrini. We have to get behind Catholic Radio. We have to get behind these ministries and these efforts that are countering, or World Marriage Day, right? Tim Hogan was saying last night that this is a countercultural event, and those are the things we have to get behind. Amen to that. And we and this is why uh, you listen to Catholic Radio too, T, and, it's, it, and I know it sounds like a big plug, but really we tell you about these events. Right. You know, we're, t- we're giving you a calendar at our website at AveMariaRadio.net, a community calendar. We talk about it on our shows every single day of what's going on around southeast michigan and the different dioceses in which we cover so you can attend to these events and invite other people to do the same thing well i don't care about shameless plugs we're needed out there yeah you know we are amen we need our shows your show al's show we need ave maria radio it's really important v thanks great discussion look forward on being um, on epiphany whatever day doesn't matter just call me (laughs) you'll be on you'll be all right love you talk to you later and we'll be right back on a monday on catholic connection stay tuned St. Karen Catholic Church in Shelby Township invites you to hear Catholic artist Matt Ma live on July 30th at St. Lawrence Catholic Church in Utica. Tickets go on sale March 1st. Visit stkieran.org for tickets. For questions, call 586-781-4901. Like St. Karen on Facebook and Instagram and to stay up to date with all upcoming events. That's stkieran.org. If you have sustained conversation with non-Catholic Christians, one of the things that always comes up is, why do you confess to a priest? Why would you go to a priest where you can go straight to God? I would say, I would say, well, look, I went to Jesus, I looked at his word, and it told me to go to a priest. (laughs) It is interesting, one of the first things you notice, right towards the end of the Gospel of John, that Jesus himself determined to forgive and retain sins through human intermediaries. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. And Jesus commissioned his apostles on earth to speak in his name, to forgive sins or retain sins, not just metaphorically, but metaphysically. Cresta in the afternoon, weekdays from 4 to 6 on Ave Maria Radio and AveMariaRadio.net. Resetting your password, unsubscribing from emails, printing anything. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with an auto owner's insurance independent agent, getting the right coverage for your business doesn't have to be one of them. So you can get back to more important things, like learning how that printer works. That's simple human sense. Call Choice Insurance Agency at 734-641-4200. Looking forward to talking with the amazing Father Josh Johnson. Something else you need to support are these big and small retreats that we work on every year with the amazing partner of Corporate Travel. A beautiful one coming up this summer at the Grand Hotel. Love to have you join us with Father John Ricardo, Father Josh Johnson, and Scott and Kimberly Hahn. Get out of town. Well, you will join us on Mackinac in the summer. We'll tell you all about it. 